And is there anyone else, is it just me, that every time somebody says hotel motel, I want to say Holiday Inn. So if you don't have t-shirts of your celebrity crushes, what are you doing? What are you doing with your lives? I will say my general rule with horror is as long as it stays more interesting than disgusting, I'm okay with it. And it walked that line very precisely towards <laughs> the end. Actually, I think the first rule of Fright Club is you show up, so thank you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> thank you. We are back. Our home away from home, Gateway Film Center. Welcome. Come on in. Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com, host of Fright Club, and we thank you for coming out as we're going to talk about killer crushes. And hey, we're going to get personal because yes, we we're going to reveal our celebrity crushes. Yes, we are. We're going to do that. But before we do that, first of all, I want to thank a bunch of people who came today. I want to thank Richard, who passed out these quizzes, as, and he also gave us this lovely uh, Wolfman art. Thank you very much. And the, the number one thing that I've learned from these quizzes is that we need to watch session nine. Not enough people have seen session nine. I promise you I'm going to get in touch with Chris tomorrow and see yeah, the, how quickly the, we can add that to this rotation. The quizzes were from, I think we posted that on our Fright Club podcast group on Facebook. We did. Hint, hint. Right. Join it. That's right. And, um, and so people were marking off the horror films they've seen and not seen. And so right now, session nine, it has a big gaping hole we need to show it so that could be on the list and i also want to thank monty for this other beautiful fan art from our movie so that is awesome and that's I, sad clown it's so great. This from, is sad obstacle clown from obstacle corpse isn't that beautiful that is a great job I in fact and, and monty she already she took the picture of it earlier at happy hour and she texted it to tony the actor who who tony plays white and, and he, he said it. he He's loves very it happy He's he so loves happy. it so well <laughs> so so well done Glad you're here. Uh, last time, we want to say thanks. Uh, the studio version of Fright Club was last time out, and we had our buddy Jamie Ray from Fave Five from Fans uh, podcast as we talked about frightful hotels and motels. Yeah, which was, um, it was his topic. He's so good at that. He always comes up with some great topics. We didn't just talk about the movies themselves. We chose the actual hotels or motels that were the creepiest and the coolest. And it was a lot of fun, as it always is. He's great. And and his podcast, Fave Five from Fans, it's not specifically horror. It's all over the place, but it's always a fun listen. We listened to this great Simpsons one. Oh, yeah. And is there anyone else, is it just me, that every time somebody says, hotel, motel, I want to say Holiday Inn. Yeah. Is it? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thank I you. don't, <laughs> so I'm glad you do. No, that was fun, Jamie. Thank you so much. Um, uh, and we've had two comments. Ben, actually, before he even listened to it, our friend Ben from Tiffin is my hometown. Um, he wanted vacancy to be on there. And it's not on there, but I remember I was on a podcast a few years ago, and, and that's what they did with just motels specifically. And I rewatched that thinking I didn't care for it. And I actually do. It's a very nasty, bare-bones little movie. Where was I when you were on this podcast? Bake. I don't know. They didn't have you on. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Denied. I was stepping out. <laughs> and then Seth, uh, who always keeps us honest, he pointed out how cool uh, yeah, Europa Hotel was in Don't Look Now. That is a great one. Sorry. Yeah, Don't Look Now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, tonight we're talking about killer crushes. And actually, we're going to show one tonight that has, a, I guess, a common title because every time I've, I've mentioned it a few times <laughs> yes. to a few people this yeah. week and they go oh the one with I'm like no this yeah. is a different one so this it was actually uh this movie came out in 1982 and the one we're going to show in 1981 there was a movie called the fan with lauren bacall 
And then in the 90s, Fred Durst directed a movie called The Fan with, no, The, the, Fanatic, the Fanatic with John Travolta. Somewhere in the middle there, there was a De Niro Snipe, yep. The Fan. And then, of course, let's not forget Swim Fan. Yeah, that's right. Swim <laughs> Fan fans? Okay. <laughs> None of that. No. N- none of that is the None one tonight. No. Tonight is from 1982. It's Durfan, the fan. You know what? I can't even take credit for this, but this was Chris Hamill, who programmed the, he's also the president of the Gateway Film Center, and he messaged me. He goes, any chance you'd be interested in showing Durfan, which you can't get? You, it's not streaming. I don't know when the last time it was streaming. You have to buy a $25 DVD or Blu-ray if you want to watch it. So I was like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Has anybody um, here seen it already? Okay, Brandon, that's it. Just yeah, and I know most people, I know I was talking to Maddie, she, you've been looking to, forward to seeing this for a long time, so it's I know a lot of people fun. have. It's um, It spoke to me because, um, not in 1982, but I mean, not that much later, I was a massive Euro trash, huge, obsessive fan of mainly British, but still the same kind of bands, and... Um, and I totally would have would have done what she wound up doing in the end. <laughs> I totally. So anyway, it spoke to oh, me. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> to John Taylor of Duran Duran. That's who it would have happened Oh, you're to. giving one away now. I know it. You're giving one away. Okay, well, we've got a, a great list of five killer crushes, and uh, we're going to be spilling our own beans <laughs> as we count them down. So... You want to start at number five, or what are we doing? What well, we... first we're gonna we're gonna talk about our crush, number five, our number five crush, and then we'll talk about the number five movie. Okay. Okay. So we start with mine, my number five crush. See, that shocks me. I thought that was gonna be number one. See, that's the thing. He doesn't even pay attention. But the thing is, how can you not? Like, and I, there were some, there was some actual battle for the number five spot because Springsteen made a good. But I'm like, you know what? But you're 73 now. Like, I feel bad to kick him to the curb. But yeah, Chris Hemsworth made my number five. And your number five was a surprise to me. Selena Gomez. He told me this at Burns last week. And I'm like, what? She got me with only murders in the building. Uh, You know, I love that show. And she's so cute. Uh, She's just cute. And I actually watched that uh, her her uh, documentary on Apple TV. Uh, my <laughs> when my, did that happen? Yeah. Oh my God! I'm no. learning so many new things. Seriously, not for that. I mean, it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those movies where if you ever thought, "Hey, I want to be famous," no, you don't. It's no. it's one of those that uh, drives it home. But yeah, look at her. She's cute as a bug. She is cute as a bug. All right, that's she our number has, five. Yeah. Okay, so we're moving up to the number five movie on Killer Crushes. This is from 2015. We've talked about this before. Yeah. An aspiring filmmaker goes to shocking extremes to convince Hollywood actress Anne Hathaway to star in his film. It's Be My Cat, a film for Anne. Hello, Anne. Um, my name is Adrian. I'm from Romania, and uh, I want to make a movie with you. This is a film I'm making right now to convince you to come here and make that movie with me. I even convinced uh, three Romanian actresses to play in this film to show you how I'm gonna work with you. I will change the world with you, Anne. Don't make me cut you. You're a psychopath. You have 20 seconds to give me one last word and then I will close the camera. She should not work with him. <laughs> George and I are both judges for the Nightmares Film Festival, which is the greatest thing ever. And uh, the year this movie came out, uh, so we're the, we're the thriller leads, and we sort of go through all of the um, everybody who, who submits. And we'd already turned in our list 
because this movie was the, he submitted this movie so late and I was like, oh my God, there's another one. And I watched it and I just texted everybody, hold the phone. <laughs> we have to show this movie. It's the weirdest, most effective, nuttiest, uh, uh, most amazing movie. And the thing is, I mean, the whole time I'm just like, I, I couldn't look away. I was so compelled by everything that happened. And the, the biggest, the kicker is that he ends it perfectly. The end of this yeah. movie, I kept wondering, it's like you've painted yourself in a corner. What are you going to do with this? The end of this movie is so spectacular. I really, really, it's such a weird movie, but I highly recommend it. Yeah, it is so creepy as it goes along. The writer-director is Adrian Tofe. Mm -hmm. The times when he speaks to the camera and the things he's doing get more and more psychotic, and he just keeps explaining it away because it's not him. He's playing a character. No, it's not me doing this. It's the character. I'm like, dude, it's so creepy because you believe him. I mean, he's, and he's talking directly to Anne Hathaway the entire film, which is so fascinating. And he'll be like, "Just, I'll be right back. Just stay, just stay right yeah. there. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. And it's, like, it's just your camera that you're talking to. And he's so convincing. So and convincing. And it's incredibly creepy. And I love that, you know, you know, uh, dogs and dogs and boys—they're all bullies. Yeah, it's a—he's just great. It's a great movie. Yeah, and apparently all the the uh, movie was made up of first takes. Just went first oh takes every time. And I give credit to those actresses too. Yes, they're because, great. Yeah, it looks so authentic when their feelings turn to fear. Yeah. And then yeah, I and I'm, uh, I'm with you on the ending, how she she turns tables there. But it's just really, really creepy and 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 really psychotic. And I really wonder what Anne Hathaway thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, number five on our list of killer crushes. So who uh, is my be number my four? Cat. My number four, big, like you guys care. Film for Ant. Number four? Right? Right? Uh, not a man, woman, or child alive does not have a crush on Idris Elba. Idris that's Elba. That's my theory. That got, that got quite a reaction. Maybe that yeah. should have been higher. Okay, that's your number four? <laughs> it is. Okay, Thank my you. number four, Elizabeth Olsen. Huh? Yeah? We, she is very pretty. We're getting a golf clap over yeah, here from the yeah. from the gallery. Okay, number four on our list of films. This goes way back, and this is a classic. A mad, disfigured composer seeks love with a lovely young opera singer, The Phantom of the Opera. I think it was just yesterday. It wasn't yesterday, Opera Day, National it was. Opera Day. Or and so two you, days ago. If I think you it... follow uh, Fright Club Pod on Twitter, that was our fright of the day, that reveal mm -hmm. of the face. I mean, that's still creepy today. Can it you really imagine is. back in the day? Because, you know, the legend goes they kept that a secret. You oh, know, yeah. Lon Chaney's makeup that he did himself, they kept that under wraps. Uh, until the reveal, and I bet people just lost their shit. Oh, I bet they did, because it is. You're right. It, it is still, especially when you realize, when you when you think about how they did it, mm -hmm. how it was done, which was, you know, obviously nothing digital. Yeah, it, it's an amazing effect. There are like 95 different Phantoms of the Opera, of course, and I chose this one because um, no one sings. <laughs> Always throwing musical. shade at I the know. musicals. I know. But it is a great, I mean, it's a great story, and it this is, is a yeah. great version of it. And not every silent film, I think, stands stands up, right? Y you know, the, the evolution of film has made it so that often silent films just seem quaint. But I actually revisited this a couple of years ago because we, we talked about this on a silent film, one that we did with Phantom Dark Dave. And this mm -hmm. was on that, of course. And it, it's just great. It, yeah. re it continues to be a great version yeah, of the story. And, and the story also goes that uh, actress Mary Philbin also didn't know had not seen the final effect, the wow. final makeup until the end. And, and, and her reaction is 
is uh, authentic as well. And it's just, man, it, it does hold up. I mean, you really, you could probably watch it even without the, the story cards. Oh, sure. And oh, follow for sure. It's, it's so effective that yeah, way. It and uh, it's, it's so beautifully done. And going back to uh, 1925, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't imagine the audiences then. In fact, uh, Gregory Peck said his earliest memory was of being so scared by that movie that uh, his grandmother allowed him to sleep in her bed that night because wow. he was so scared when he was a young boy seeing wow. that. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine oh, because yeah. it, it, it still holds up. And actually, the Phantom's bed was used again in Sunset Boulevard and Gloria Swanson's Shut Sunset up. Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, amazing. That's so, a nice piece of trivia. Yeah, right there, an incredible, George. an incredible work from 1925, The Phantom of the Opera, number four on our list. So that moves it up to number, number three. three. So my I number never, three. See, that's the thing. You put these slides together. I don't even know your list. You knew mine. I didn't know well, your list. You had to tell me what your list. Was. I know. So I'm. Yeah. The, I'm. Oh, this is all a surprise to me. Okay. So, so the important point is that three, two, and one. I have a T-shirt of. So if you don't have T-shirts of your celebrity crushes, what are you doing? What are you doing with your lives? <laughs> um, so it's Rutger, Rutger Howard, Howard, generally speaking, but in particular, it's Roy. Because when I was a, a kid, I have three sisters. We were all big Harrison Ford fans because, of course, we were. And we used to go to my oldest sister's house because she was the only with a VHS, a VCR, and we would rent Harrison Ford movies. And when I was a little kid, we rented Blade Runner. And he showed up, and I go, you can have Harrison Ford. I want this one. And what I stand by. What that. about what about hobo with a shotgun, Rutger Hauer? You know what? And here's another one. We're, do you remember when we went to see Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie? So Rutger Hauer and Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, in the same movie together as vampires. I'm like, oh my god, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> she had a moment. I had a moment. All right, moment. that's your number three. My number three. Hell yeah, <laughs> Halle Berry. Come on. Yeah. Come on. No, I'll give you. Yeah, I'll give you Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the movies. Number three, this is the one we're going to see tonight. The hero worship that Simone has for a pop singer is built to a crescendo until she passes out when she finally sees him up close in a crowd of fans. It's The Fan. And when you alles hast, dann, Sie ist wunderschön. Schöner, als man es sich erträumen kann. Jedes Lied ist wie für mich geschrieben. Well, that's a good example of one of my least favorite genres of music right there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> As usual, we're not going to talk very much about it. First of all, because very so few of you have seen it, but also because we try not to. But uh, a couple of fun facts about this. The filmmaker started off as a film critic. What? So that's I know. So I like that about him. Yeah. And um and then the the rock star in the movie is a rock star in real life. But other than that, I think we should probably keep everything to ourselves. And so the writer director is Eckhart Schmidt, who Eckhart is the film he's a film critic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we certainly want your reactions after the film is over. Please come down and let's talk about it and get you on the podcast, especially when so many people have not seen it. Ninety-two minutes later. I have two things to say. Number one. No better way to get rid of a dead body. Number two, we're going to a casserole party tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's so funny that, you know, she was so in love with this guy who he had zero charisma to use. A, what is that? A Dungeons and Dragons? So unlike George, I love this music. I, mean, I know that you do. Yeah, I'm a huge British new wave synth pop 
thing. So I think that helped carry me through the slow burn a little bit more than it would if I didn't like the music. So I'm curious if that's why some people here or not a big fan of it. That music carried me through the slow burn part of it. Also, it got bonkers at the end that I was not expecting. So uh, I had so many thoughts going through my head like during this, like how much of this was in um, her head or how much of this was like real or in her imagination. And then like as it progressed, I'm like, oh, this is actually happening. <laughs> That's awesome because I remember thinking the same thing, like, because, you know, there's a dreamlike sort of uh, atmosphere about it. And then you're, when, like, the carving knife comes out, you're like, no, I, I'm pretty sure this is for real. Yeah, that's, that's definitely what I felt. Yeah. I just wondered if anyone else noticed there was a really subtle thing that happened earlier in the movie. The scene where she's talking to the mailman, like, when she freaks out and dumps the bag out. When you see his face, he has this really florid pink mark yes. on the side of his mouth. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, did he make her like kiss him or something right. before he would even let her? And it it really foreshadows like just how men are like just using her as a sexual object repeatedly, and because she's so young, like she just has no. And then the guy that she hitchhikes with too, that, the same thing. Yeah, that scene like really got to me because I remembered when I was that age, like experiencing that where you're just talking to a guy and you think he's being nice, and then all of a sudden he just says something, and you're just like, "Oh, yeah. this is not this interaction is colored a completely different way that I was not ready for or prepared for." Yeah, <laughs> I really like this movie. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying my uh, my celebrity crush. <laughs> oh, please do. I feel like that's part of the theme now. Uh, I, I saw Benjamin Button yesterday, so I'll say that Kate Blanchett is my current okay, celebrity yeah. crush. Hey, Carl. <laughs> yeah, this was such a great movie. Um, I really like this theme. Uh, I'll say some honorable mentions for me. I really like Poser. I thought Poser should have been one of, nice, the, uh, one good of those, call. That, uh, those obsessions. Another celebrity crush, Sylvie Mix. <laughs> good call. <laughs> And um, did she really love him? I, I just think philosophically that's what's so disturbing <laughs> to me. Like, did she really love him? That's wild. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Okay, I slightly agree with Derek because I love synth pop too, but they kept playing the same songs over and over. But I'm questioning, is that supposed to be like her like kind of craziness? Is like, is, was that supposed to be us kind of experiencing like, what was going through her head, like only listening to that music and kind of getting like kind of weird about it. Cause I was like, turn this off. But is that like what was going through her head? Is that what that was supposed to be? That was my thought. I mean, my thought is that she just would listen to the same one album, the same one song repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And it would drive her completely insane. Like when we watched, um, the movie today with Reese Witherspoon and I used to be a Cars fan until I watched this movie and oh, yeah. had to hear the same three Cars fan three hundred Cars songs three hundred yeah. times. The new one on Netflix with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Reese yeah, Witherspoon. Your place no. or mine? Terrible. No. Mm -hmm. Just no. terrible. Not good. I would like I would like to shout out German engineering because uh, I grew up with those turkey carvers and it <laughs> ours could barely carve a turkey. <laughs> 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 That's all I got. Very good point. It's true. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was beautifully shot. The uh, soundtrack did work for me. Um, I will say, I, I won't pretend I knew where the second and third act of that was going. 
I just let it wash over me. But the reason I was hooked was that first act, if you've seen um, Out of the Blue, Dennis Hopper's maybe third, the thing he directed, third movie maybe? Um, just a troubled girl glued to music, obviously. Mm. I, just check that movie out. There were actually a lot of shots, I thought, that, that paralleled that as well. So if okay. you thought the first act of that movie was really good, yeah. check out Dennis Hopper's uh, Out of the Blue. Nice callback. Was there a, a, a sketchy mailman with lipstick all over his face? <laughs> <laughs> I have two degrees in German, and it has all culminated in me being able to tell you that the song that he's singing, R, is um, about like your eyes, your gaze. So it's really funny that he ends up in hers at the end of the movie. Nice. <laughs> That's great. That's a great nice. take. Yeah, the note at the end. They didn't they give subtitles for that. The note at the end says the same thing that it did at the beginning. The whole thing is about repetition, the same songs. Um, and it says that I know that I love you and that you love me. And then she begins to repeat it again as the phone rings. And that stops the, the cycle. Thank R for you very repetition. Much. Our people are so smart. They're so much smarter than us. <laughs> and we appreciate it. When she pulled out the carving knife, I had a nightmare like that when I was like six. <gasps> You know the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie where he yes. battles a wrestler named Bonesaw? Yes! I saw just that part of the movie on TV when I was a kid, and I went away with completely the wrong idea about <laughs> what happened next. Aww. I will say my general rule with horror is as long as it stays more interesting than disgusting, I'm okay with it. And it walked that line very precisely <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, another thing with horror films is I've... I've found that a lot of horror films, they keep the stakes the same the whole way. Like a slasher film, it's someone dies, nothing happens, someone dies, nothing happens. It doesn't escalate. And the only other horror movie I've seen that escalated this much, it escalated in a completely different way, but the movie The Reanimator? Sure. That's the only other movie I can think of that gets that extreme by the end and keeps raising the stakes and getting more disturbing. Man, that's some good takes. Yeah. I love this. Thank you very much. So that is number three, and we will move on to number two. It's our the second best celebrity crushes. Oh, look how dreamy. So that's, that's John Taylor, the bass player from Duran Duran, for all of you who are not 100 years old. And... Um, I, there is like not a human being who had a more a bigger made a bigger impression on my formative years. Not one on earth. Just yeah. Him. I think I think the first time I went when we were <laughs> when we were first dating, the first time I went home with her to her father's house, her her childhood home, and up in her bedroom, she still had posters of him all over the wall, and it's you know it's freaky, it's a little freaky. Uh, <laughs> they may still be there. You know, somebody else owns the house, and they still may be there. <laughs> but that's number two. And this this uh, T-shirt that she's wearing, if you didn't see, is the, the biggest moment in her life when she got to meet Duran Duran. And unfortunately, and the one thing that she tells when she, when she says when she tells that story is that he, but he's the one of them that didn't talk to her, which makes me mad that I wasn't there. I got her the passes to go, but I could only get one, so I couldn't go, which is fine, except... I would have said, dude, talk to her. Go talk to this woman. You know, as far as I know, he has a restraining order. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, and I wouldn't blame him. But Simon LeBond was very nice to me. So. so that's your number two. And my actually number two here has sound. Is that correct? Yeah. Listen to this. 
Hey, George Wolf, it is Katy Perry. I just wanted to wish you the happiest birthday. Love ya. She loves me. She does. <laughs> Thank you. I haven't I haven't met her, but I but I got the I know. <laughs> but I got the birthday message uh, from Katie. So that is that moves us up to number two, and this is a good one uh, from 2012. And this is from a filmmaker who's back in the uh, in the news right now for a brand new movie. In a blackly satirical near future, a thriving industry sells celebrity illnesses to their obsessed fans. This is antiviral. Do you not agree that the mania surrounding celebrity is reaching an unhealthy level? No, I don't. My clients want to feel more connected to those people that they see in the magazines and on television. Enjoy. So far, I've had all her diseases. <coughs> Must have been expensive. Is there any way you could spread it? <coughs> Bleeding yet? Bleeding. From your mouth. You've become involved in something sinister. It's a weird business, Sid. And if you're thinking like I was thinking, hey, that would be a good one to show, we've tried. We'll continue to try, but yeah, yeah that's it's a movie that uh, that we've we've been trying to get for a while and haven't gotten a chance to. But and it's Brandon Cronenberg's first movie. Oh my god! And I remember watching it, going, <laughs> "Apple doesn't fall very far, oh, fall very far from the tree." This is such, this is such a Cronenberg movie. Um, um, and and it's so and Caleb Landry Jones, who is spectacular in every single thing he's ever done, he's so perfect in this movie, which is a, it's a futuristic film where. Um, what they do is collect viruses and illnesses from celebrities and sell them to people because we were so obsessed with celebrity that we want to have like the same germs and illnesses that celebrities have. Yeah. And then and then the technology gets to the point where there's a meat farm. You know what? We're going to show it sometime. I'm not going to tell you about <laughs> it. Um, but I think it, like the, it's the, fascinating. It's fascinating. And, and what I love about the trailer, actually, this trailer is it's such a great does such a great job of, of showing how well they combine these beautiful, stark, really glamorous images with the nastiest body horror with yeah. like that hypodermic. Oh, oh my yeah. God. It's so great. This movie is so great. The close ups yeah. of the needle and the blood draws and then the. You know, the sores around the mouth yeah. and oh yeah it's it is fascinating it is. and of course he's out right now with uh, infinity pool yeah uh, but who this, has seen it infinity pool infinity well, pool yeah like it yeah loved it yeah yeah, liked you, it. yeah. you're right yeah, when yeah, i, I remember it. seeing this and exactly like like yeah he's a cronenberg yeah. <laughs> i mean holy shit the body horror in this but at the base of it at the core of it is a, i think a fantastic idea oh absolutely even when you think it's back when you know 2012 2013 and those themes that have only gotten more pronounced oh, now yeah absolutely you know, it's, it'd be really interesting and, and fascinating to to show again so hopefully we'll keep on that and hopefully that could be a, a future fright club you i never suppose know. it could be i so, mean fingers crossed yeah. I, i'm sorry i just flipped y'all off i didn't mean to <laughs> it was like just force of habit sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so that's number two, antiviral, our killer crushes. So, ooh, that takes it us to number. Who's it going to be? I don't even know. Who is your number that is one? That's a lie. You don't I know. don't know. When John Taylor has it on. Oh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. 
Tom right. Hardy. That's yeah? right. Get some agreement there? Yeah. See, I, ne- I never, I've, I would have said John Taylor was number one for sure. Yeah. But uh, I guess I, I guess I don't, just don't know you. <laughs> All right, my number one, Joe Montana, baby. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, even though I grew up mainly in Ohio, I've been a San Francisco 49er fan since I was a little kid, and they, and they sucked. And they <laughs> didn't suck when he came along. And uh, so, yeah, Joe Montana and is I my man. I stole that, obviously, with the Getty Images, but I just I wanted his the number. I wanted him to be doing that with the, <laughs> the number one. So don't so. talk to me about no Tom Brady. This is the GOAT right here, <laughs> Joe Montana. Uh, number one. Okay, so number one on our list of killer crushes. Yeah. You probably guessed. After a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he's receiving is only the beginning. Misery. This was kind of a miracle, you finding me. In a way, I was following you. See, that's how I'm your number one fan and all. I've read everything of yours. You're very kind. I noticed in your case there's a new Paul Sheldon book. You want to read it? You'll never realize what a rare treat you've given me. You dirty bird. Misery Chastain cannot be dead. Misery spirit is still alive. Yeah, murderer! God, it's for the best. Hey, please! God, I love you. Misery. Yeah, this is from 1990, the same year that two crazy kids who were working in the same restaurant started dating, and the first movie they ever went to was Misery. Yeah. And, that, and you know what? I think for other couples, that might not be a great choice, but it's worked out well for us. <laughs> <laughs> kind of set the tone. <laughs> That hobbling really turns me on. I don't know about you. <laughs> so this, even today, I think, when you list the best adaptations, movie adaptations of Stephen King works, I mean, my God, this, oh, is, yeah. this is one of the best. It is. And the thing is that, so Kathy Bates had been knocking around Hollywood yeah. for years and years. None of us knew who she was. So she, we knew her after this. Oscar winner. She was perfect. She was so perfect as Annie Wilkes. One of the rare Oscar wins in a horror movie. Yes, absolutely. And who else? I mean, anybody else, it would have just been a crime to have taken that from her. She was so great. And James Caan, the two of them together. And the other thing is that they had this adorable Twitter relationship for the next 150 years. And they were so cute on Twitter. And he was always very cute on Twitter. And I've I've missed him, James Caan, since he died on Twitter. Um, but, uh, But the two of them together were just absolutely pitch perfect in this movie. Now, what I didn't know, because we don't, you know, watch TV or series, but apparently the show Castle Rock, you watched Castle Rock? Apparently, is this true? Season two was a prequel to, to Misery? Wait, for which character? For, for the uh, Annie, Annie Wilkes character, is that correct? That sounds like a fantastic idea. We, uh, we had no idea because we watch so many movies, we can't watch TV, but we have to look that up. We uh, saw Taboo, tell you that. <laughs> Tom Hardy <laughs> reference. Yeah. She just dropped it there. I'll pick it up for you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, but it's so great, and the performances drive it. And when you, when you consider how much of it really is in one room, I mean, James Conn's performance, he's pretty much just bedridden almost the entire time. And his, his desperation as he f- slowly you know, realizes what he's up against is fascinating as she gets more and more crazy and just keeps saying, well, even as the hobbling that she loves him. Oh, and yeah. She's a co- he's a cock a or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. The two of them are absolutely perfect. It's such a great movie. It's such a great movie. It's a great movie on a lot of levels. It's a great, like, claustrophobic sort of isolation film. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, as, as obviously, as crushes, as big fans go, that's the best one. Yeah, and it's got that great 
Great scene. It's not really a jump scare, but it kind of is with Richard Farnsworth at the top of the oh, stairs. Richard I mean, you probably had an idea that was going to happen, but man, that is a gut punch it is. when he gets it there. But yeah, it's it's a great movie, and it, it still holds up. And I think one of the things, too, because depending on what you read, a lot of different bigger-name actresses were considered for Annie Wilkes, but it's so great that she was a virtual unknown at the yeah. time. I think that just hammered it home because people didn't know anything about her. Right. This woman, she's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think there were a lot of different people who were also up for Oh, for everybody. His role. Yeah. Apparently, everybody either was considered or just outright turned it down. And he's an interesting choice because he had not really done anything for a few years. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, you think to yourself, James Conn's going to kick your ass. Like, he's not the guy that you expect to be hobbled by a movie. So it was it was a great, I think, uh, sort of resurgence. Well, depending on what you read, the the re a lot of the big name stars at the time didn't like it because he's pretty much emasculated mm -hmm. by her, and he she has the power. And again, depending true true or babies true or not, they didn't like that. Yeah, babies. <laughs> <laughs> but a uh, a fantastic movie and a great uh, great example of killer crushes. And that is our number one on our list as we have to get to our movie, uh, The Fan from 1982. So please come on down afterwards. We'd love to get your get your opinions on it. We'll get you on the podcast. So we're looking ahead to next time or next next month here at uh, Fright Club Live? Yes. So a couple of things. The very next podcast is going to be our Skeletons in the Closet, our yearly Oscar Skeletons in the Closet. We talk about the bad horror movies made by Oscar nominees. That's always a very fun one. Right. That'll be in the studio. Mm -hmm. And then our next live is going to be Hagazooza. Ooh. This is such a great It movie. really is. Talk about a slow burn. Yeah. And this is one that is, it's so quiet, and there's just not much dialogue in it at all, really, but, man, it's so effective. It's just gut punch after gut punch. Yeah. And the, the, the truth is, I haven't, I haven't decided what our topic is yet, because there are, like, three... There are three that I really want to do, but two of them give away too many things. And so what will probably be drug use. That's probably going to be the topic is drug use. And okay. Use. But also, two weeks from today, we're going to be back out here. We're not going to be doing a podcast, but we are going to be doing a Fright Club happy hour because the Gateway Film Center has is bringing back one of our all-time absolutely favorite movies ever. We've shown it twice in Fright Club, and they've got a 4K restoration of Culver, which you cannot get anywhere else. Yeah. Please come see it. We're going to come see it. So that's two weeks from today. We're going to come out here. We'll have some beers. We'll come in. We'll watch the weirdest dance uh, sequence in the history of film. Yep. And uh, then we'll we'll have look a, for Bella. We'll shout for Bella. We'll have a dance party. We'll have a dance party. <laughs> so do that. And if you're not doing anything on Sunday, we're going to be at the Upper Arlington Public Library. We're going to be uh, giving our Oscar predictions and then watching for your consideration. I almost said best in show. The mockumentary from Christopher Guest about the whole Oscar process, which is hilarious. Yep. So that is, I think, everything. I think that is everything. All right, so we'll get this podcast all edited up and uh, out to the socials here in the next few days. And of course, you can always find us at madwolf.com. On Twitter, it's Fright Club Pod. We've got the Fright Club Podcast Facebook group. We've got uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Facebook and Instagram. It's, you know, we'll come find you, basically, is what I'm saying. You know, one other thing. If you haven't yet, seek out Happy Family, Happy Home, our friend, Tyrone Russell has Yay! this absolutely badass puppet show. She's going to give you some tips from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s about how to keep your happy, your your family and your home happy. It's hilarious. It's very bizarre and weird. And after you watch all the episodes, we'll be forming a Mrs. Heap support group. <laughs> 
Yes, we will. That we'll be meeting once a week. <laughs> all right, so all that's coming up. Hope you enjoy the film. Come down and talk about it afterwards. We thank you so much uh, for coming out. Uh, and until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay right, my friends. Roll it, Stan. We'll talk to you after.